Welcome back to uh, episode two of Turn Bark Time. I'm the Turn. I'm the Bark. And we're still here for a long So, what we're here today to here cover. To cover uh, by the way, thank you for watching this. Uh, we are going to compare the COVID 19 virus um, to pandemics that the world has seen before and this is a question submitted uh by one of the parker students so awesome job uh again feel free to email us questions or anything like that we're always looking for new topics to talk about um so we kind of sat down and talked about it and we divided this into four major pandemics um so the first one is the plague of justinian so the plague of Justinian happened in the year 541 um, CE or AD, or whichever one you want to use. And it's really similar to another one we're going to talk about here in a minute. So it literally is what's called plague, uh, which is a bacterial infection. It's a bacteria that lives normally inside of like fleas or lice that's called... Uh, yeah, and so it lives in the, like, inside the bellies or, like, the stomachs of, like, fleas, and as they, they get it from rats, they bite rats, and then they jump off the rats and get onto other people. So and, it's estimated that it, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Uh, so, again, this is, uh, what we're going to find here is it's a um, basis in the Byzantine Empire. So uh, if you don't know what that is, it's the Eastern Roman Empire, so its base is in Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul, Turkey, uh, and then spans around the Mediterranean uh, in Europe and North Africa uh, is the area we're talking about. And so the first area that they recorded the plague showing up was in um, northern Egypt. Again, they blamed it on rats coming in grain shipments through the Mediterranean, then they brought it from Egypt up into Constantinople, and then through wars of the time, because the Roman Empire was constantly being attacked. When you're so big, you have to try and defend a giant country, and they did their best. But um, because they were sending soldiers all across the empire, as well as sending food all across the empire, because it was also during a cold snap where the weather was colder than it normally was. So like crops were bad across the northern part of the empire. So a lot more trade was coming out of North Africa into the northern empire. Uh, so again, uh, one of the big things is this plague uh, as it spreads through these grain ships um, that were paid for tribute are uh, is gonna infect about half the population of Europe at the time. Um, and at the height of the plague, it was said that inside the walls of Constantinople, again, the capital of the uh, Byzantine Empire, was averaging about 5,000 deaths per day. And again, this is a roughly, this is during a, the height of the plague. Uh, the plague itself runs about 50 years is what the number we kind of found closest to. Um, 
and and the overall death count probably it's going to affect again uh half the population of europe but that's not going to be the, the mortality rate we're talking about 25 50 million people uh total in that 50 year period so um definitely one of the the first ones the world has seen however again not the first time that we've seen a plague like this there's been other ones but again lesser numbers because of uh relevant data and information from the time period and so if you fast forward from this about 800 years you get the black death in europe which is what everybody's familiar with which happens around the 1300s. And it, it's the same bacteria coming back into Europe. Um, again, the, the accepted historical thought is that it's from rats. There are some uh, alternate theories floating around now that it could have been uh, brought by lice on people rather than fleas from rats. The original thought was that the fleas were on the rats, they killed all the rats. Then the fleas jumped onto the people. But there's some scientists that are speculating now that the transmission rate that they saw isn't, it wouldn't happen fast enough to, to have the spread that it did inside that empire at that time, or inside Europe at that time. Uh, and there are three types of plague, as we're using the term, uh, the Yersinia pestis. There's uh, pneumonic, which is in your lungs, so it's a lung infection. There's septicemic, uh, which is a blood infection. And then the most common and another term for the Black Death is the bubonic plague. And bubonic plague uh, hits your nodes, your lymph nodes, uh, causing swelling um, and different things like that. The, the interesting thing and a comparison point to, to kind of the COVID virus is it, bubonic plague does have similar symptoms of the flu. Uh, being things like vomiting, fever, uh, inducing. Obviously, plague is different uh, in the type of the overall the overall way the virus reacts with the body and creates symptoms. Also, need to understand that medicine at the time was not what we have today. Um, they were still operating on the old Greek thought of the body had four different humors in it, so you had to have a balance in your body of blood, phlegm black bile and yellow bile and one of their common solutions to any sickness and this goes all the way up they did it with george washington right before he died is bloodletting it's the idea that there was too much blood in the body and that was creating an imbalance so during the plague they were actually having people when they went to a doctor the, the help they got wasn't probably by our modern standards very helpful at all um but back then that was the best that they thought that they could do and then at some point doctors even just like said, they just stopped seeing patients because it became too hazardous for them. And I was reminded of this actually because one of my favorite scenes from Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail is the guy, bring out your dad, bring out your dad. But I'm not dead yet. I will be soon. <laughs> um, all in all serious though, again, two thirds of Europe is the estimate um, in death total uh, for this group. Um, going off of census data, um, again, these are estimated world populations at the time, but they found it from the Census Bureau, uh, is in 1340, the estimated world population, uh, according to them, was 443 million people in the whole world. 
Um, around the time of the 1400, the estimate is 350 million people. So again, you're talking roughly 93 million people uh, death. Uh, and bubonic plague still exists. Um, it's been found, it's mostly found the origin spot in Central Asia is where it's believed. Um, and again, scholars for the Black Death actually think Mongolia was the spot that it started because China recorded a high number of deaths in Mongolia during the 1330s, obviously a little bit before the Black Death makes it to Europe. It's thought that the Mongols then attack a Italian outpost in Merchant Center where they were trading. Those merchants uh, bring it back all the way to Genoa, and it works its way through Italy and, and then Europe uh, with its devastation. They were catapulting dead bodies um, over the walls because the the Mongol army was sick with the plague, and they were about ready to give up, and there's that was kind of their final salute to the uh, Genoese was to catapult infected bodies into the city before they pulled back. So uh, speaking of that uh, method of biological warfare, we're going to bring up a biological warfare that just makes you feel warm and cozy inside, and that's giving blankets to people. And so our third uh, pandemic <laughs> that, we use, that we're talking about is actually a really long pandemic. It's believed to be 12,000 years um, in terms of recorded cases that we can look for. Uh, it's been about 2,278 years, and that is smallpox. Um, and the smallpox virus, again, the first time that's believed to be recorded is in the third century BCE on mummies in Egypt. There's there's evidence, uh, again, with mummification, the pre preservation of bodies, that there were sores and things like that that are, are similar to smallpox. Um, and so this is going to be a, a devastating pandemic, again, that's going to last. The last case is in 1978. So, And we're... When we think about it, we often talk about Columbus and the, the European exchange with the New World. And there's uh, and a kind of a concept called the virgin soil concept, where essentially the Native Americans in North and South America didn't have any contact or extended contact with anybody in Europe, Africa, or Asia, which were all trading and living with large domesticated animals to a higher extent than the people were in North and South America. The only domesticatable animal in the Americas was the llama down in Peru um, in the Andes Mountains. No drama and so because of that, <laughs> the Europeans, Afro-Eurasians, if you want to put them all in one boat, um, are essentially like a lot dirtier in the sense that they've been like, well, Talk about it when we get to talk about COVID, but like a lot of these diseases start in animals and then somehow mutate and then begin to spread to humans. And the Europeans had a, you know, thousands of years of a head start of living with these kind of with diseases like smallpox. And it was completely new to the native populations of the Americas, which is why it led to millions like they, there's it's really hard because native americans didn't write things down and they weren't one homogenous group and didn't keep statistics but uh it, it decimated i think jared diamond postulates 90 percent of the native population of the americas and again devastating effects so a lot of this stuff was was came across um and when we look at the first the first epidemic, I guess, in the Americas really takes place in Tenochtitlan, 
with Hernan Cortez's men uh, bringing it to the city. Um, and again, devastating the population. Uh, smallpox continues to be a big issue, actually interferes with the U.S. revolution. Uh, Washington and his army is fighting at Valley Forge during the worst smallpox epidemic of the Americas. Um, and up until, up through the 17th century, uh, or sorry, my apologies. Yeah, seven, yep. the uh, 18th century, uh, it was estimated that around 400,000 people a year uh, died from the uh, disease of smallpox. And it's interesting because it's a, I believe it's eradicated. Is that the word, right? Yeah, yeah that's what the CDC uses. Yeah, so it's been eradicated. Um, and the last case is actually really interesting. You want to go ahead and tell them, tell them about that last case? Uh, yeah, there was a, a female nurse who essentially got like a fever, got really, really sick, um, and then was living with her mom, and her mom took her to the hospital. She ended up, the woman died. And, you know, yay, rainbows. Um, but uh, what happened was the lab below her was working with smallpox, and somehow it, through the air ducting of the uh, medical center, or the you know university, it went up through the air ducts, and then she was infected with smallpox and died of smallpox. It was it was like years after, decades after it had been taken care of. Yep. So. Yeah. So it's interesting again. So smallpox is ravaged roughly twelve thousand years is what we think. Again, for evidence, we're talking you know almost twenty three hundred years, and and killing millions of people. I believe the estimate that I saw, um, I believe it was a New York Times article comparing all the diseases had uh, 20 to 50 million, I believe, on their their list for smallpox. So uh, last one we're going to talk about is actually the most relatable. Um, we were discussing this earlier in the sense that it's the first time the United States government exists and has interaction with um, a pandemic. And so that's the Spanish flu of 1918. Uh, it was a, when we talk about flus, we always kind of give them a name as far as H, H number, N number, and that refers to different kinds of proteins that are on the outside of the influenza virus. And so it was an H1N1, which I think often is called bird flu, but it, it depends on the, there's a lot of different variations inside of those kind of big categories. Um, and so this happened right at the tail end of World War One, which kind of really allowed it to spread on the down low um, until it was a big enough problem that people realized that they probably should have done something earlier. And the, the misnomer here is that the it's called the Spanish flu. And the origin actually is unknown of where it came from. The reason it's called the Spanish flu, which I'm sure you've seen as the COVID comparison articles come out, um, is that Spain was neutral at the time of World War One, And so they didn't have any censorship on any of their press. So they're talking about there's this terrible flu over here. And everyone's like, we don't have that. We don't have that. It must be your flu. It's Spanish flu. Um, but that's the origins that I believe started either started in the United States in Kansas at a military outpost. There was a huge problem with the flu. 
in the UK and being brought over by soldiers who were stationed in France, uh, there was a big uh, breakout there. And the last option is uh, China, and not necessarily China itself had a problem with this, as more as the um, Chinese laborers who were working um, in World War One uh, were near that outpost where that British outbreak occurred. So those are kind of the three areas we think this believe. But again, misnomer with the Spanish flu didn't start in Spain. Spain could just tell the world about it. Fun fact, in Spain, they actually called it the, the Naples Soldier, which was a song that was really popular from an opera of the time. But they also they said it was kind of a, a pun because they said it's really catching. Um, it's catching on. So instead of calling it the flu, they called it um, a little dark humor. They called it the Naples Soldier because it was it was, you know, everybody was getting it. Jesus, new appreciation for Spanish right there. <laughs> um, infection rate. Uh, it's, av it's estimated that 500 million people were infected or a third of the world's population at the time. Um, deaths from it uh, range from 50 to 60 million. What's unique about this pandemic um, in terms of like other ones that are, are I don't want to say more minor because obviously people die in a pandemic, but they were um, less deadly or less reported on. Uh, this one had a high death rate for healthy people um the there was kind of a you've seen like the curve they've talked about the infection curve and it goes up and then down right and that that usually for mortality what we do is we usually just draw kind of a line out and then up well what happened here was there'd be a line out and then when you got to about 20 the line went up and went up and then climbed down to about 40 and then went up again at about 65. So there was a population from 20 to 40 years old that was healthy Americans or healthy, I should say, world population that were dying from that disease, which led to its high numbers. Some people postulate it was because the young people did have such a good immune system that actually was their undoing. So it would the flu would infect the lungs and it, your body releases. We're not we're not doctors. Um, things called cytokines. And they come in and they try and like trigger your body to like find the find the foreign thing and get rid of it. And the byproduct of that is it starts releasing a lot of fluid into your lungs and on a kind of micro level, all of that additional fluid in the body because the lungs, the the virus hijacks the lung cells and replicates and then the lung cells are dead. So the lungs are weakened and they can't regulate that fluid. You is you essentially start suffocating on your own like bodily fluids in your lungs. They talked to often, I was watching a documentary today and they talked about how people would just start turning blue because of a lack of oxygen and they would essentially just like toe tag them and get them ready for the morgue, even though they weren't dead yet, because they knew that they couldn't stop the process at that point. Yeah. Um, so again, what was the United States reaction at this point? Well, there, <clears throat> one of the big issues was you had a war fighting. You can't be limited and you can't give you any weak give away any weaknesses and again this flu being how fast it spread would have been considered a huge weakness um and so the united states government actually kind of hush hushed it like and and went after people who were really upset about and they were like no we need to talk about this flu they'd be like mm -mm, we're not talking about it right now we gotta win a war and so not i mean again you have to just you can't judge people based on their time because you weren't there uh but this led to big parades being thrown when soldiers would come home and 
Um, you know, people would be traveling around everywhere and there was, and we had all these people in Europe still. And so basically the United States government allowed these things to happen. Uh, one of the estimates I saw was there wasn't anybody sick in the time, uh, in Philadelphia and they were going to hold this big parade and all the doctors were like, Hey, you need to stop this. Don't do it. And they were like, no, we're fine. We're healthy. You're not going to talk about that. And they had the big parade, and then 65,000 people ended up uh, passing away because of the uh, H1N1. I was watching a documentary that was made in the, uh, I think, like 2009. It's kind of interesting because it has um, Fauci in it, the guy who's currently doing a lot of the speaking right now uh, from the National Health Institute, which is where he was at this time as well. Uh, but it was talking about, it was city by city. So, like, while Philadelphia did a really bad job um st louis on the like flip side did a really good job and what they did is they started doing things where they were like keep social distance uh close schools tell people to stay home like all of the things that we're hearing right now essentially is what st louis did early and then had it hold over later and that really reduced the amount of exposure so people could from people getting sick I want to say the University of Michigan has a really good article on it, um, and they said that San Francisco essentially let their people out. They thought things were okay, and so they let everybody out, and then it upticked again, and they said, I think, I want to say it was 90% of the fatalities in San Francisco could have been prevented if they would have stayed, like, kept people, like, locked down longer, you know, but as Americans, we want to do, I want to, don't tell me how to live my life, I'll do what I want. Um, <laughs> You know, it's kind of the problem is that we're so used to having so much freedom that sometimes we we don't know what's the best thing to do for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so that leads us perfectly right into COVID. So these are, again, these numbers will easily change by the time that this gets posted to YouTube and you guys even watch it. Um, but as the numbers that I pulled, uh, we have 307, uh, 30,037 positive cases of, of the coronavirus in the uh the world of those cases that tested positive 95,795 of them have recovered uh at this moment 13,034 deaths have occurred because of the coronavirus um china uh leads the world in cases obviously the epicenter italy is now coming second i'm sure we've heard about italy and the trouble they're having um hopefully again that turns around for them the united states is the third most and this i found interesting uh you don't hear a lot about them spain actually has the fourth most cases of of covid uh in the world so i was i was really surprised by that um and then germany rounds out the top five with uh 22,364 so those are the the top five um one more that's still in the, in the 20,000s is Iran. So, again, the top six are all in the uh, 20,000 and above, um, but after that, it drops off. So, uh, comparing to other numbers and infection rates, as you can see, not really comparable in, in terms of numbers at this moment. Obviously, there's, you know, a whole year happened in 1918, smallpox a long time, Black Death a long time. So. One of the things to talk about, uh, a lot of people are like, why are we, why is COVID so different? And COVID is really the name of 
the complications that come from the actual virus. The actual virus has been classified as SARS-CoV-2. Um, and for older people, not, not our students, you weren't around quite yet or old enough to remember, SARS stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, which happened in the early 2000s. It was a virus that came out of China, had a very high mortality, had a high mortality rate, but it didn't spread as fast as coronavirus, this coronavirus does. Um, and then there was also MERS, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, uh, that came out in like 2013, like a year after I left the Middle East. <laughs> um, and a lot of coronaviruses, are they, they, they speculate, come from bats. They naturally live in the bodies of bats and their immune system can handle them and suppress them and it doesn't cause cause the bats any grief and then what happens is the the bat somehow interacts with another animal like bites an animal um, and then it transmits to that intermediate animal and then from that animal it mutates again to spread to humans and so this is a a you keep hearing the term novel meaning that it's a new strain of the of a coronavirus and so it, it kind of it's very similar to 1918 where we don't have a vaccine we don't have like a medicine that's specifically designed to help mitigate this virus which is why we're being asked to essentially grant county said if you're over 65 or if you're at compromised you should be sheltering in place meaning you should be staying home um and the reason for that is that like the flu the flu normally spreads that are there's a, a kind of a spread factor that they use called r naught, and it was a 1.3 or 1.4 for the flu and they think that COVID is at least that and could be all the way up to almost four meaning that for every person who has it they can infect four people before they know that they have the virus and it also has a a serial an incubation incubation period where you can spread it to a lot of people before you realize that you actually have you know COVID. And so because of those two factors, it's really spreadable, like Nutella, um, and that it takes a while for you, for you to realize that you're sick. That's what makes it so hard to kind of track where you got it, because it might be somebody that you met a week ago who was there for five minutes, and you have to try and retrace where was everybody. And Grant County Health is trying to do a good job of telling people where things are at, where people were that are infected. But... Um, that's really what's making it difficult, and that's why the government really is pushing and trying to ask us to make good decisions as individuals. That's what Jay Inslee keeps saying, like, follow the rules and I won't have to, de you know, declare a lockdown, essentially, a shelter in place for everybody in the state like Oregon did. Well, it's hard, too. So, I don't know. I felt like these, um, when we talk about the spreadable of it, the spreadability of it, I mean, we've seen that in our own community, how quickly, you know, those numbers are rising. You know, we had the one case on the eastern side of the state, first, you know, fatality, unfortunately. Um, and But we've increased that number already. I believe we're up to five cases, actually six cases, I believe. Um, and most like double digits, <laughs> double digits now in Grant County. Yeah. So I know most like had their first case. Um, I was just talking about for the city of Quincy, but, you know, because we're so small as it is. Um, was it, what's unique about this as well is that, so my girlfriend, uh, asked me, she goes, if it, if the numbers trended and continued, um, would there, um, 
what would the total number be? And again, I'm not a science researcher or a mathematician. I know I'm looking at my numbers now and realizing that this is probably wrong because um, it would be an even number. So I'm not even going to give the statistic because it doesn't make sense because I didn't do exponential. Like my math teachers at Quincy Middle School will remind me is the different way that you should do this, not uh, through um, just basic division. Um, so looking at this uh, again from what Bark and I have seen, there's the pandemic of 1918 is the most comparable to what we can say today. However, it, it, I, the COVID numbers are low right now, and I feel like the reaction between Spanish flu or pandemic of 1918 compared to COVID is we're on track right now. The world's on track to keep COVID way under that number. And part of that is because we have technology and we can communicate and share data way faster. Um, but there's also, I was reading an article today where they're saying, oh, the, the Russians are doing such a great job of, you know, keeping, they prevented COVID. And then there's, you know, right after that, they were like, well, but that could be that Russia is not telling us the truth. So there's kind of this, the media right now is kind of trying to give facts, but then they also kind of like stoke the fear. Like Seattle Times had a headline that was like, things could get really bad if, and then it like, you know, if things get really bad. But it's like at this point right now, we're trying to do a lot of the preventative stuff um, like they talked about with like St. Louis, preventing people from being out at social gatherings, limiting group sizes. We're down to, I think, the state of Washington said five or 10. And then I think President Trump said five. Yeah. So, I mean, like if you're within, you know, this isn't a time to go hang out at the park and be like right next to all your buddies because that prevents that's that's not social distance. What we're doing right now is social distance. We're together, but we're still really far away, and we can't touch each other. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, like going out there and talking about this, uh, numbers look, you know, better than obviously pandemic. Is, uh, it is a pandemic, but look better than uh, the 1918. And again, we should have probably let off with this. A pandemic uh, at this point, the World Health Organization called it because it infected more than 100 countries uh, in the world. So again, plague of Justinian, uh, Black Death. Same disease, different time periods, smallpox ravaged the world, uh, and the Spanish flu or the pandemic of 1918 uh, rounds out our top four pandemics, and COVID hopefully will not r rise to any four of these occasions. Um, next week, look forward to uh, a Boston massacre discussion on the inaccuracies. Until then... I'm Turn. I'm Bark. We're going to turn Bark time. Have a good night. If you guys have ideas for other topics, submit them in the comments.